This episode of Youth Ministry Booster Podcast is brought to you by Grow Curriculum. Grow Curriculum, not just good curriculum, a great strategy to grow your youth ministry. See what a thousand other churches have learned, that when you go with Grow, your youth ministry grows, and so do you. Visit youthministrybooster.com and click the Curriculum tab to see how you can get Grow and Youth Ministry Booster Coaching and Mastermind Network for one amazing price. Welcome back to another super exciting Youth Ministry Booster podcast episode. This one was actually recorded live on Facebook. And so you'll hear us interact a little bit along the way about some people that were in the chat while we recorded it live on Facebook. So if you're not a friend of Youth Ministry Booster or the podcast on Facebook, check out the links below to make sure that you are liking the page. Uh, We're going to start having some more of these engagements because we want to hear from you more than just having a podcast for you to listen to in the car ride or at the gym. We want to have some conversations online and share that audio with you later. So you'll hear us mention some questions from folks as they're sharing it in the comments. We hope it's fun for you. As we start this month of focusing on things related to camp, it's post-Easter, so that means that it's pre-summer. So get yourself ready and enjoy this episode 132 of the Youth Ministry Booster Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 132 of the Youth Ministry Booster Podcast. Today, we're talking about summer camp and how to make it even greater or make it greater again or make it more awesome. Whatever it is for you, we're talking about summer camp because we've been talking about camp all month long, getting you ready for whatever your June and July are going to look like. And so today on the show, it's me, Zach, and my buddy Kristen talking about camp with some of our Facebook Live people because... You can always catch these episodes with Kristen and sometimes Chad and I on the Facebook Live. Catch them live then and then catch them on the replay now as we talk about summer camp and happenings and things. So, Kristen, before we dive into camp stuff, like, how are you? You feeling good about summer? Are you ready? Are you ready? (laughs) Yeah, I have to be. (laughs) We have been thick, thick, thick in the summer camp planning. I mean, I know we're going to get into that in a little bit, but we, um, our, our camp and the way we do it takes a whole lot of planning on the front end. So um, me and one of our other youth pastors at a different campus, we combine and we've been on the phone and through email and calling companies. And, you know, it's just so crazy. We actually launched our summer camp signups last night. Uh, for the first time, our signups went live online. So it's just like... Here we go, full speed yeah. ahead until July. So it just feels crazy that we're we just got off a of spring break, um, but we're in full promotion mode. So you know it's good. And this isn't—I mean, we didn't just start planning. We've been planning for a while. But um, I don't know about you, but I feel like the the lead up to summer camp is quite an endeavor. It's not yeah. like a simple task by any means. And and I always tell my other youth pastors that I work with, I'm like. If we're not planning winter camp, I feel like we're planning summer camp. And right. if we're not planning summer camp, we're planning winter it's camp. It's the tent poles, right? It's like, like this is the thing oh that my holds gosh. up the calendar year. Yeah. Is this my <laughs> job, like camp coordinator? I wish I could hire someone just to do this. And maybe some of our listeners are lucky enough to have their own camp coordinators. But um, for the majority of us, we're doing it all on our own, which is which is rough. So, well, Which um, I think is part of the conversation, though, right? I think for some yeah. folks, like camp is the thing that like – 
it, it's like the week I mean, we, we joke that sometimes it's like the week you earn your job, right? Like I, <laughs> I, I spent how many weeks or months planning this, which is how many hours of ministry. Um, and for other folks, like there is this like outsource reality of, of doing camp stuff. Uh, but you know, it's the, like I take my group to this organization's camp and they provide, you know, the food and the small group leaders. And I just get to hang out with them all week. So there's a real range. There's a real range. Uh, and so, uh, Colin, we're going to get to the question of balance, structure, and free time at camp when we get into some of the things that we're doing, mm, purpose plan and pastoral yeah. moments. So we'll go ahead and just start by saying that our kind of outline for today is to talk about the purpose of camp, like what were you trying to do, the plan of camp, what are you going to do, and then the pastoral moments, which we think are probably the most important part of camp that we don't always give the time to. And so I, I would I would just start by saying, like, whatever your purpose is for camp needs to be clear to you before you even begin to think about what you're trying to do over the course or the scope of camp. Like you have a vision for what camp is in your ministry. I think for a lot of folks, like, like if you're going to do a camp, like you need to know like why you're doing it. And it might even help shift like what you're doing with your camp as it relates to the vision of your youth ministry. I know that for when I first started at the place that I'm at now in Tulsa, the camp that we did was all planned for us. Like we, we, we planned the whole thing on our own instead of having someone else plan it for us because that was kind of the model of things they wanted to do. That was the way in which we staffed things. Like we had summer interns that were specifically brought on board to help plan the camp because they wanted the like exclusive, this is our church, our thing, every single minute of every single day of summer camp was planned by like that church for that church. But it's a different reality for us now because we've shifted the ways in which we have our programming, our structure and vision of ministry stuff. And so I think, Kristen, if you want to share just a little bit about that purpose statement, because I feel like for a lot of folks, like this is like the nuts and bolts thing of summer camp is that like, if it's going to work, we need to know if it's going to be in at least the right direction of what we're trying to do before we get into the nitty gritty of like, what's the theme or like, who's the band or how do we spend our days? Like, what were you trying to accomplish? I think we talked about it on Youth Ministry Booster with one of our webinars from Andy Harrison. And he, he kind of went on to talk about that. You probably will know if camp was going to be a success or failure before you even go, because you probably knew what you were trying to do. So hmm. Kristen, like, what do you try to do with camp? Like, what's the purpose of even going to summer camp? Yeah. Um, and it better have a purpose, right? Because it's <laughs> so much dang work that, you know, um, I think you asked such a good question on the front end of, okay, purpose. So um, let's know what, why we're doing this. And, um, you know, I often tell parents, um, <clears throat> so I don't know if, if you guys do a ton for transition, but my transition strategy is strong. We could probably do a whole podcast episode on okay. that, but one of my pieces of my transition is I do a parent orientation meeting with my incoming class. So it'll, for me, that's... So is camp at the very beginning of the year or is the very end of the year? Is it the first thing they do, the big first thing they do with you? Yeah. Well, I, I mean... I invite them to start coming to youth group a little early and I do an event for them to kind of welcome them in. But I have this parent orientation meeting and I tell the parents, I said, you know, we're going to camp for a week. And I know for your son or daughter coming into sixth grade, a week away from home can seem like a really big deal. I understand if they're not ready, but just to let you know the purpose of our camp, you know, I clue the parents in. I said, you know, one week of camp is, I think, about worth about six months of attending church and youth group in terms okay. of connectivity. And so I use camp. For me, the main purpose is 
to um, connect and fuel relationships for the rest of the year. So it's sort of a momentum builder. So I want as many of my small group leaders to be able to go to camp as possible. We continue our small group model even at camp because when kids don't have phones, when kids are unplugged, when kids are fully in this like immersive experience, there's so much relational potential that can happen that definitely carries over. Now, once we're back to the regular routine of Sunday, youth group, then Sunday, then youth group, then Sunday, then youth group. And because of that one week where they're (laughs) eating together, playing together, like, you know, we, we eat, sleep and breathe all together for, you know, way too long, it seems at the end. But those car rides, all that stuff that happens at camp is um, just relationship on steroids. And so I tell mm. parents, if your student um, wants to come and wants to be connected, I, I just have to encourage you to, um, you know, encourage them to come to camp for that relational peace. And that's where I always start. Camp is going to be fun. Camp is going to, it's going to be, there's no doubt about it. Camp's going to be a good time. Um, camp's going to have some great memories, but uh, relationship is is my goal because when we come back from that and then we we start those small groups, all that all that relational depth that was built in that one week is contagious even for the kids that didn't go and for yeah. the new kids. It's like, wow, this group has some connectivity. Wow, look at these relationships. Whoa, I want to be a part of this. Yeah. Um, so, it's almost like it creates like the like, like the shockwave or the wake of like, it was really great for everybody that was there. And then it becomes the instant conversation piece for like, what do you mean you weren't there? I I, I totally remember you being there. It was awesome. You were there, right? And so for those that didn't get to go, it creates that like, I mean, not that we try to build in FOMO or fear of missing out in youth ministry, (laughs) but there is a little bit of that like, it was a big deal. Everybody that was there is talking about it. If you weren't there, people are going to be talking about the thing that you weren't at. And that's that's a big big part of it. It's it's the event. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and then on our end, being strategic of where are we building in time for those relationships to happen, you know, um, you know, being strategic and purposeful with how we plan the camp schedule and the camp purpose of, you know, are our small group leaders connecting with the students, are students connecting with students, are we connecting, you know, where is connection happening? So building yeah. that in into the fun, of course. So do you require your small group leaders to go? Is that is that like a part of what you do? You know, I don't ever require them. Um, you know, I have kind of the problem where I have to turn them away and because just cost wise, I can't afford to take everyone. So I want my small group system works where I have two leaders per small group and I would love at least one leader from every small group to be able to go. So a lot of my younger leaders chomp at the bit because they don't have kids and careers and stuff like that. You know, they can, you know, they can swing a week away a little easier. So, um, for me, it's kind of like a bidding war, (laughs) you know, it's like, I want to go to camp. All right, (laughs) Right, right, let me see what I can do. So I don't require them to go, but you know, it is highly encouraged. Um, and I think when we get back and they see the video and see the pictures and then see the relational fallout of, wow, everyone's so close now, you know, over time you don't want to ever say no to camp. So my small group leaders usually do everything they can to try, try to get there. Okay. No, I mean, it's one of those, it's like the, 
it's one of the biggest ask you can ask any of your leaders is to give up half a week or a full week of camp. And for some folks, like, I mean, there's no way to even like split the time. I mean, you, if you're going to camp, like you've got to come the whole week because we're traveling or we pay for some kind of like, you know, expense or ticket or registration. And so it's, it can be a really like a, like a, not just like a big ask because of the time, but I mean, you're I mean, trading vacation days for ministry days for a lot of your volunteers. And so, right. Depending on what your situation is, whether or not you're bringing all of your own leaders or some of your own leaders, if your purpose is relationships, I think for for so for so many folks, like your small group leaders have got to see that as this like really, really ramped up, you know, programming opportunity. Like it's like you said earlier, a week of camp might be six months of midweek, right? Like this might be Absolutely. six months. And that's why we spend almost six months planning it, because <laughs> yeah. it's six months worth of, exactly. of program hours. But I know for other folks, like if camp is, you know, if it's an evangelism camp, it's for if you're bringing all kids from your like city or community that you can to encounter Jesus for the very first time. And then like it is it is such a big, big idea to like have the right kind of like leadership there to help receive and kind of, you know, mentor and disciple those students. Maybe that are meeting Jesus for the very first time. If, if it's a missions camp, then you got to have the right people there to help pull off the missions camp. Like if you need skilled people to help build stuff or do stuff or make stuff. Uh, I mean, you know, again, like whatever your purpose is for camp, I think you'd have it clearly identified what you're doing and kind of who you want there. Cause I think for some folks, like we talk about camp and it's like, Oh, I took so many kids to camp or, you know, I wish there was more kids that went to camp or I didn't have a lot of my older students or a lot of my younger students. And maybe the time to think about like, well, what was the purpose? Like, what were you trying to do with the camp you were trying to do? Because if it is kind of an entry level, like get to know Jesus, have a good time kind of camp, you know, your older students may be less enthused by that because they've done it for the last three years. I think for a lot of a lot of us that go to the same camp several years in a row, um, and if they start in sixth or seventh grade and go three or four summers, it may feel kind of like old hat by sophomore or junior year. And so I know for some folks, they've started doing, you know, separate middle school and high school camps to give kind of a different flavor of experience. But again, purpose, like what are you trying to do with the camp that you're going to? And does it fit the model and the vision of the rest of your youth ministry? Uh, Chad Higgins chiming in from Facebook must be on the road. Is that safe to be texting and driving, Chad? Uh, Do you (laughs) guys do things at camp and after camp to thank your leaders? Yes. And so if they are coming to camp, uh, there is a special zone or area that is just leader only um, that we have secretly stocked uh, with treats for them. Where we go to camp, uh, there's, you know, kind of our own cabin area with refrigerators and kitchen area and stuff. And so we usually have a refrigerator or refrigerator section that is like sponsored only special snacks. And so we always ahead of time get all of their favorite uh, savory, sweet, and uh, either soda or whatever favorite drink to drink snack. And so they can always go raid the fridge and make sure to get like the cherry Coke and the red vines they really want (laughs) and not just drink the lemonade and the spaghetti that was for dinner. And so we always try to do that. And then I always, I always, to the best of my ability, try to do some kind of like thank you or gift card uh, for those that come and sponsor. And so Kristen, for you, do you have any uh, special little things you'd share for like ways to bless or thank your leaders that give up a whole week of life or vacation? Yeah. Or one of my favorite things to do. Um, and I used to do this a lot for when we went to more of the prepackaged camp and like we all had cabins and I knew, you know, where they were all sleeping is during the day I would um, like... I would prepack gifts for them. Um, so each day I would leave like a different gift on their bunk. So nice. like a card and chocolate or a card and, you know, like for the girls, like some of those fuzzy fun socks or, you know, yeah, something. 
Um, or for the guy, like I, like, I like fun socks. The cabin's got concrete <laughs> floors. My feet get cold. That's fine. Beef jerky for the boys. I don't know. Beef you know? jerky for the boys. That's a baseball hashtag. cards. Baseball <laughs> Just <kidding>. cards. <laughs> but uh, you know what I like to do now because we do more of a road trip style up to um, we go whitewater rafting and uh, I like to. Um, each meal stop, you know, grab a couple liters and, uh, and, uh, treat them to a meal, you know, like, let me get your Starbucks this morning or, you know, I'll get your lunch or, Hey, I'll take your small group. Why don't you go wander around Walmart by yourself for half an hour, you know? So, um, try to build in little treats and then we stay up really late too. And, um, you know, one of the leaders will make a run to Costco and go get a bunch of ice cream. And, you know, after the kids go to bed, we kind of hang out and build in some leader time there. So um, if if you are not, if you are not having, uh, identified times, whether they're like planned or just like creating space for spontaneous times. If your leaders gave up a whole week, please bless them with some time off each day or some late night conversation with you and each other. Like, totally. I mean, you, you, you've got to see it for them as they're on vacation. And that, that's one of the things that I think I would leave the purpose part with before we go into the plan is that you've got to see that for everybody else, this is, depending on what your camp is again for for us i'll just speak and say that the purpose of camp is like the most restful enjoyable vacation because in moments of rest i really think we can connect because we can actually listen because we're not stressed about work or life or whatever and so if camp is the most enjoyable experience that it might be also a time that we really get to open up and hear from scripture from God. Like I always love watching my adult leaders on some of the first few mornings of camp, like sit down with their journal and their Bible. Like it was a breath of fresh air because like they haven't in so long because there was just like, that was, it was, it was on the agenda for the day, right? Like for so right. many of them, it's like, they're like maybe trying to read scripture on their phone, like between stoplights or listen to like a podcast <laughs> or something. But there is just like this look, there's like this, like this glow of a look for the leader that wakes up on a Tuesday morning and maybe she got someone to watch her kids all week. And she's just there to like lead a small group of students and hang out and enjoy. And there's just like a, I read a chapter of a book this morning or I, I journaled like, like just that glow of like the leader, like I journaled today. And I think for so many <laughs> folks, like if there isn't that joy that comes with going to camp, one, they may not come back and two, you may have missed your purpose. And so I think maybe Kristen hmm, help point. us a little bit, the plan of camp, like I, man, I, I don't sweat the details more of any one week than camp. And so we actually Whew, will have amen. a meeting this week and then we'll have a meeting again in a few weeks where my team and I will go through every day by every like hour and a half hour of the day to not only know what we're going to do, but what are the things that we're offering students to do? And I think that is a, a relevant part of like thinking through like the plan of camp is know what your purpose is so that you can begin to plan. Again, for some folks, the camp you're going to every minute is planned, but I think even then you begin to think of your own plan. Like, where are you going to be in all of those moments? So Kola plan a camp for you like where where can you be found and like where what are the the devisings in the schedule and itinerary for camp when you guys go to Yeah camp so then? I you mentioned something earlier about you know um middle school and high school and you know maybe uh you combine and the older kids are over it or maybe you know you've separated I am a huge 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 proponent if you can to keep those camps separate um because I've just noticed their needs 
across the board are different, but in how you spend your time at camp are very different. Mm. So I'm a middle school pastor, so I plan camps for my middle school, but I also speak at high school camps. And I remember this past winter, I spoke at a high school camp and I said to the high school pastor, you know what I just realized? (laughs) High school is so much easier than middle school planning wise. (laughs) So because planning wise, so, so I would come in and I'd say, Hey, you know, what do you need from me? You know, I'm going on in a half hour. I'm ready to go. And in the in the host or the MC guy, he'd go, "Well, we might play a game. I don't know. We'll see. And then you know, we'll nice. do a few songs. And then yeah, and then and then you're up after that." I'm like, "What do you mean you might play a game?" I said, "When we plan our camp games, it is like months in advance. We have a U-Haul trailer full of game supplies. We have a chart of what game is played when, with what supplies, and who's leading it, and the time frame <laughs> for that game." And he's just like. We might play a game. And I just realized, and then I watched his group, which was fascinating. And the high schoolers, what they really love is hangout, chill time. Yeah, they do. And they just want to hang. They want to like get their coffee and chat. They'll maybe start a spontaneous random game. You put on some music and they'll, you know, dance and be fun. Like, you know, like they were so much more able to self-entertain and structure almost was like cramping their style a little bit, you know, whereas junior hires every five seconds, what are we doing next? I'm bored. What comes next? What are we doing? What's the game tonight? What's the game this morning? What's the game tomorrow? What's the game, you know, and it's like they, need so much more structure and they need so much more of a plan and hanging out only works so long with middle schoolers. Now there is a time for hanging out and we know camp usually has a built-in free time, but even free time feels like it needs to have some kind of structure schedule to it. Um, So that's kind of my pitch for why I think high school and middle school camps need to be very separate to meet those specific needs. Um, So speaking as a middle school pastor, you know, um, usually a typical day for us, once we actually get to camp, we are in um, San Diego and we go to um, a river called the Klamath River and it's right on the Oregon border. So um, you know, Medford, it's pretty close to Medford. And so we have quite a drive. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I could talk all about that, but just speaking from once we get to camp, once we get to the river, um, you know, a typical day would be, you know, the kids wake up, then we have breakfast. Well, this can be in reverse order, but, um, you know, worship in the morning and then yeah. our speaker will give a morning message. And then right after the morning message, they go to small groups. So they meet with their small group leader and talk about what they've just, uh, you know, heard or learned. And that's a shorter time in the morning. And then we dismiss them to something that um, students over and over again have talked about as their favorite part of camp and that's solo time. And we write um, solo time devotions for them where it's their job to go find a rock, a tree, you know, a plot of grass or something and bring their Bible, bring their Devo and just have time alone with the Lord. And most students, even middle schoolers, which shocks me is that when I ask them, what was your favorite part of camp? A lot of them say it was the solo time because they Mm -hmm. have never had forced time alone with the Lord. And it really just blows their mind of what God says to them, just what it is to be. um, And, and, and it's crazy. And these are sixth, seventh and eighth graders and they will do it. I mean, but again, has to be structured. So it's 30 minutes. And they know it's going to be 30 minutes. You don't just say, hey, whenever you're done. Yeah. (laughs) 
because you'll start to notice, okay, now they're starting to throw rocks. I think solo time is over, but you know, it's like <laughs> you what give if that them- was the cue for every time a segment in middle school ministry was over is there was just rocks being thrown. Hey guys, well, I think prayer time is over. Jimmy just got hit in the head with a rock. Right, right. And it's true though. You tell them, okay, this is going to be 30 minutes and here's what we want you to do. And you give them instruction. Whereas high schoolers, I feel like you could say, Hey, you know, take your time and whenever you're done, make your way back to blah, 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 blah. You know, with, I mean, some boundary in there, but um, for middle schoolers, giving them some specific time. Then after that, um, we get them, we tell them, Hey, get in your bathing suit, get in your trunks, get ready for rafting. Um, and then we split yes. them up into different rafting groups, which again, which is such a different reality for some folks that have like kind of a ditch of a pool. You're like, no guys, load up on the rafts, get your helmets on. It's about to get real, <laughs> real, real. But you know, the beauty of the, you know, going back to the relational aspect is their small group leaders are also, well, we have professional river guides, but they're, they're, um, leader on the raft. So okay. the small group leader. Oh, that is like, that's, that's like legitimate team building. Right. Okay. So they're now having adventure together and building all these awesome memories and having to work together because some of the stops on our river um, requires like a, like a pretty intense hike. And last year when we went, the river was really high and leaders are having to pull students in on these ropes because these little sixth graders are like floating away, you know, <laughs> it's like, come on. And they had to really work together. And, um, you know, there's rocks to jump off of. So like, hey, you can do it. You know, I'm down here. Like just finding those times even on the river while we're doing fun things to encourage kids and, yeah. hey, I'm here for you. You know, it's just really cool. So then they get back and, um, you know, they have some free time after that. So that's sort of where we put in the free time of like, hey, go down to the the beach part of the river and hang out. And some of our fun leaders get like some different football games and fun stuff going. And then we do dinner and then kind of the whole um, morning, morning model again. So worship okay. speaker and then so it's kind of a more two small a day for you. So there is kind of this like worship cycle of stuff into like the evening cycle of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of our bookends and then it's, and it's something so cool to just do worship under the stars, up in the mountains on the river, you know, it's just beautiful. Yeah. And students are so the, always the natural inspired. element's a big part of what you guys are doing. So Absolutely. Like, like being out in the woods. So this is not like you guys took over like the lobby and the ballroom of a hotel for you. It's about getting away and it's the outdoors and then that's cool. Again, like that plays yeah. into for a lot of your, you know, maybe city or suburbanite kids that don't go rafting or go out in the woods or Sure. Appreciate the natural beauty because they, you know, have lived their life, you know, indoors. And I will say from from the leader perspective, I really miss the days of prepackaged camp because we used to do that. And okay. cost and the only thing that forced us out was cost. Was cost. And it, was, it was cheaper. It was cheaper to do more of your own than it was to do the prepackaged. Absolutely. Okay. And it's infinitely more work, which is really rough. Right. So you have to know right. what you're getting into. But um, I mean, I used to get to show up and it was like, hey, here's your dean. Here's your here's cabin. Your here's the yeah. food. Like, you know, and it was like, sounds good, you know, sounds but good. now we we do it differently. So I'm not I'm not against the prepackaged camp because they're usually still out in some beautiful area up in the mountains or something like yeah. that. But um, well, they're yeah. 
they're always professionally done because that's what they're doing, right? That's one of the things that is, sure. that is nice is that if you are taking your kids to an unorganized, you know, mission camp or prepackaged, mm-hmm. you know, kind of experience camp, like either it's in a location that is desirable because that's what they were trying to do or the production of the camp event itself is top notch because that's what they're in the business to do. Um, yeah. But it does seem, you know, for, for some for some folks, depending on what, again, part of your vision, your purpose, uh, the allocation financially um, for either individual students or your whole church to participate in those kind of things can be really influenced that way, which is why I think. The part of the plan of camp too is the ways in which what you're doing, at least for me, what you do at camp, I think needs to either echo or reverberate what you're trying to do back at home. That's one of the things that I think we always try to be really thoughtful of in our planning for camp each summer is what are the elements that we're doing at camp that maybe we want to take back home that year or have been really impactful uh, over the course of the last year in our ministry. So one of the things that we have shifted away from and some of our chapel times together with middle school and high school students is to make those more kind of like prayer group, small groups than like the typical like eight, 10 person small groups that are like reflection questions like, hey, what did you guys hear in the message today? Because for us, we have a different time in the week that looks more like that, you know, eight to 10 person small group leader, kind of like master teacher lesson kind of moment. So for us, one of the things we want to really include this year to really try to reinforce how important it is both this last year and then going forward is this idea of getting together in groups of like two, three, or four and praying because we think for a lot of our students to give that in the same way that you shared about solo time, because I've been in ministries where that solo time is like the gift from heaven, right? Like it's like, hey guys, you don't need your phone. Here's your Bible. Here's 30 minutes. Just go read. It's fine. It's good. You'll be blessed. And for them, it's like you like gave them this gift. They were like, I didn't even know that I the scripture had words in it. And it's just like, this one of those, like they just kind of <laughs> eyes are open to it. And for us, like this year, like one of the hopes is to like really create some like meaningful, like prayer group time. Cause I think our students have become really afraid to pray because they don't know exactly what to say or who they can pray with or what they can pray about. And so for us, instead of having like, like discussion groups, small groups, we're going to really emphasize like prayer groups, small groups. And I think that goes back to Colin's question from earlier uh, of, of how you do the balance of, of structure and free time. I think like for, for Colin listening, like th- this, this is the question uh, of the, of the purpose melding into the plan. Right. So like, yeah, like free time, but like free time for what reason to like turn the kids loose, to give your sponsors a break or like Kristen is saying, I mean, the rafting for some folks would be the free time, but it sounds like it's as meaningful of small group time for those leaders and those students as like a discussion group would be after your evening service, right? Like that's one of the things like all of camp is at some level, some kind of like bonding or transformative experience. And so I think when you think through both like the, the structure, the flow, the plan of camp, and you're thinking about like, like structure, organized time, or like the loose structure of free time, what you're actually thinking through are the ways in which you want a student to, to move in the same way. Again, Wednesday night programming, whether it's 60 minutes, minutes, 90 minutes, you need to be thinking through the energy levels of like, you know, high, middle, low energy. I think you think through camp the same way. Like if you have a really intense like morning session that they're like waking up for, find a way to loosen them up before it. So you don't just like put them right back to sleep. And like, yeah, in the afternoon, it probably isn't ideal for just like the biorhythms of a kid to plan that really deep, like stolid lecture from three to 4 PM, unless it's for the kids that really want to go to that really intense intense, you know, Bible lecture at three to 4 PM. And so I think a lot of the structure and free time in so much as you have control of it needs to reflect 
the same way that you put the planning into your midweek or Sunday programming of like, okay, I have 60 minutes, I have 90 minutes. What's the flow? What's the energy that we're trying to do here because the whole week is just the most like compacted program of your whole year. And so if, you know, if you get students for four or five days in the summer, it's like Kristen said earlier, that adds up to about six months worth of program hours. So think of it that way. When you go through the flow of each day and the whole camp week, where is the energy high? Where is the energy low? And where are you creating space for students to breathe, like to reflect on what they heard? And then where are you like pushing in and asking more of students, like, is it that evening time, like after dinner when they like feel a little more energized after a nap or after some free time, but you're really like, guys, you know, we're going to dive into this stuff. We're going to get after it. Or is it in the middle of the day? Or, or is some of the excursion stuff also the learning stuff? I love that, Kristen, that the small group time of the day might be the, the best small group time of the day might be the rafting experience with their small group leader, because it wasn't just like they were turned loose to go raft. Like they, they go rafting with their small group. And that that's powerful. I think that leads us to our last little right. bit for today, which is pastoral moments. And so this is the thing that we want to get to. This is the thing we think is most important. Do not get so entrenched. And I think this is this is the tension between the prepackaged camp, between the camp you plan, whatever it is, like whether you're prepackaging so you can create pastoral moments or whether you're doing a really good job planning beforehand so you can show up and have these moments. In the same way that we would tell you week to week, you know, every Wednesday, every Tuesday after nine, like you've got to find moments, times that you are pastoring your students in the midst of the camp experience. If you just show up and you are responsible from like sun up to sundown for all the programming, all the mishaps, all the circumstances, all the inconveniences and incidents, then you are missing out on what should be the gift to you and your leadership team of people, which is a full week of, of like focused relational ministerial pastoral time. Like, let the first day run its course and like some of the walls come down and the breathing out of like, okay, we're here now. We're going to settle into this, but this is the reason you're doing camp. And if you're just doing camp to just have a great party that lasts a whole week and not have any pastoral moments, you are missing out. And again, it goes back to the purpose. It goes back to the plan, but what are you doing with the structure that you have put into place? And then where are you finding yourself in the middle of that? Like you need some free time because you need to be allowed to engage with students and leaders where you're not responsible for every single minute. Like you need to be in some moments of structure and you need to find some breaks for yourself to pull away so you can get reset and rest up for the next moment. Because if you are leading through this, pastoring through this, you need as much time during the week as you can manage. Like hear me say that, like manage means delegate away some of the things to cooks, other leaders, staff, a whole camp organization. If you're going more and more prepackaged, like you, you are there to minister to your students. You are there to minister to those leaders that came with you to minister to your students. And don't miss that for the sake of trying to like, you know, squeeze out or, or, or get consternated or worried or wring your hands over the last couple of things you need to plan. And so Kristen, how are some ways that you do that at camp? How, how do you stay pastor Kristen K. Cola and not just camp planner Kristen K. Cola? And to be honest, that's been a lot harder since having to run our own camp, you know, because whereas I used to feel a little more in chill mode when you are camp coordinator, it is, it's just a lot, it's, 
just harder. Um, and, and I love what you said about like, then you really need to build in some help here. You know, last year I remember finally saying to one of my interns, like, I'm not the only person who can do these things. Like, you know, I need you to go get the first aid kit. I need you to go find, you know, the (laughs) medic. I need you to go. You can put a bandaid on, right? (laughs) Do it. (laughs) That was like day six. I'm like, okay, mommy needs a break. But it was just like, um, I, I, in this year in planning, I just realized how much more delegation and help we really do need so that I can do those pastor moments. And so, um, you know, I think when I was smaller, my goal was really, all right, every meal I'm going to sit with a different group of kids. And then at free time, I'm going to seek out every different group. And okay, this group's going to zip line now. I'm going to go hang out with them. This group's going to the pool. I'm going to hang out with them. These kids are going here. And I would try to spread myself strategically throughout the week. And in that, maybe even seek out students individually. The bigger we've gotten, that has changed a little bit um, size-wise just because I still really try to be present with students and sit with them at meals and, um, you know, play with them down at the beach and, oh, this kid doesn't want to play. Perfect opportunity. Sit and have a conversation with them uh, while they're just hanging out. But I really do focus now a lot of my energy on, did I get someone on one time with every single one of my adult small group volunteers? What's the temperature of them? How are they doing? What do they need? Do they need a break? How can I encourage them? Who's about to crack? (laughs) Yeah. Besides me, who's about to crack? (laughs) You know, and I try really hard to now focus my energy there because I realize I got into student ministries for the students and that's Mm. where my heart is at. But if I'm thinking of the students first, I know one of me cannot um, provide what a hundred and whatever of them need. So I think, well, who can, well, their small group leader can. So now I need to pour into their small group leader. So their small group leader can pour into them if they really are my priority. And that was a really hard shift for me because I'm not in adult ministry. Like I love my leaders and they're some of my really great friends and we party and have fun and we are friends. We're not just, you know, co-laborers. We are friends and (laughs) we like each other. Yeah, (laughs) we do. We have a blast together. And, um, but I do really love the students. And sometimes I find myself having to discipline my time of to say, you know what, this leader needs me right now. You know, they've been pouring into students all week. They need some like adult conversation. They need someone to come alongside them. They need someone, hey, come with me to go get gas and then let's go get a, Mm. you know, ice cream or a Starbucks or something. So, um, I try to discipline my time that way, um, and have pastoral moments uh, with my leaders as well. I think sometimes, um, that's how we pay our volunteers in a lot of ways, you know, they're through relationship with us. And I mean, like you were saying like, Hey, and, and Chad's great question of how do we thank them? I think, Mm. you know, to me, food always says thank you, which is, you know, fantastic and treats and stuff like that. But, you know, I think we also pay them a lot with us and our relationship and our intentionality with them and what we model leader wise to them is a trickle down effect to how they treat our students, taking the intentionality with them as well. Mm. Um, and that's not to say I ignore the students, not by any means. Um, but I, I, I have to force myself to focus on adults sometimes because I want to go play. I want to go hang out. I want to go, yeah. you know, joke around with kids and have a good time. Um, but I have to remember them. Cause like you said, I mean, they're giving up a whole week, right. you know, to be here and, you know, talking back 
just to circle around real quick on that whole free time question, you know, I found that the best times for free time and where we can have that those pastoral moments are really actually built into free time too. So after lunch until the start of dinner is a really great window for free mm. time. Um, for us, it pushes back a little later because rafting usually goes till they have lunch on the river and then it goes about till two o'clock. So from two to dinner is like this open window, just full of opportunities yeah. for hanging out, pastor moments, relationships. Hey, like, what'd you think of the sermon this morning? Or like, what's been the best part of your experience so far? And, um, you know, just the conversations that can start even just on a hike or, you know, whenever, but I mean, you can find them anywhere. And then I find also that students are most receptive during that time and then during after our nighttime chapel. So I try to build in another free time in there if I can. They've been rafting all day. They've been worshiping. And then there's just something at night that brings vulnerability. When I was a small group leader, my best small groups were always at night outside where no one can actually see your face all of a sudden these kids would just open up shadow right like i'm here but you can't it's like the confessional priest like idea you know (laughs) i think they were on to something with that because you know they they would open up and so free time while we do structure with some activities we have activities available if they want But, you know, that is such a great time to just peruse around. What are you doing? Let's have a conversation. Let's interact. Um, And nighttime. I mean, I don't know if if any other pastors have found that, but kids just open up, you know, Mm. and (laughs) have some late nights for sure. But it's amazing after a day of connecting, then the lights go down and it's like, they're, they they get real and, and right. taking advantage of that. And how easy would it be for you to be like, well, I, I got to get ready for tomorrow, right? So I got like that, that totally. hour from like nine to 10, like, okay, well, the kids are all doing play. Don't go to camp out. for sleep. <laughs> don't, don't take a nap. Don't look for like what you could work on for the next day. Like save right. that moment for what it is. Cause I would just end by saying this, like I have found that most of camp is determined before you even go, like how smooth camp is going to run is pretty much like a train on the tracks. And so once the Monday or the Sunday of camp hits, like let the thing on the rails run and just be a pastor in one of the like coach cars inside of it. Because whether you've planned the whole thing or you prepackaged the whole thing, like camp is going to be camp. And once you're in it, be in it and don't be worried about every little thing that's next. Be worried about, be thoughtful about, like aware and discerning for the people that are there who are in the moment with you. And that's that's the place to be. And I think that's where we want to wrap it up today is whatever your purpose of camp is, whatever your plan is this summer, please, friend in youth ministry, do not forget that most of all you're called to pastor through all of those moments. And don't miss it, the joy and the gift for what it is. There you go. That's episode 132, Make Camp Greater Again. I hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't had a chance, do hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, or wherever you get your great podcast. And if you haven't had a chance to give us a rating or review, we love it. We appreciate it. It makes Chad smile and Kristen happy. Hope you guys are doing great. We'll catch you next week with some more summertime prep planning excitement. It's going to be great. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week. I'm going to turn your world upside down. And I'm going to show you